shed for us, God. We are alive in you. And God, we are so thankful that the Holy Spirit will live inside every believer and does live inside every believer today. I thank you, God, for your mercy and your grace. And I just want to take this time to just to just preach the gospel to you and what it means. And in John 3, 16 and 17, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God sent Jesus as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. He sent his son into the world, not to condemn us, but to save us. 
And we are the world. Who makes up the world? Is it just for the rocks and the plants? No. He sent his son to save people because he created us to have a relationship with us. But that relationship can only be solid when we accept the relationship. People don't force themselves into a relationship with you. You offer your friendship and somebody accepts it and becomes your friend. In the same way, if we are in a dating relationship, we accept their hand and, and date them and walk in a life with them. And that's what Jesus came here to do. He said, there is this, this peace that was broken. There is this wall put up between my people and myself, and I'm coming down to break it for eternity. And I want those people to accept me and to have a relationship with me for their entire lives into their eternity. And eternity is forever, my friends. It's forever. It goes beyond what we can even comprehend because God lives outside of time and space. And he came down in the most humble of ways to be the servant. God came down. So today, that is the offer for you. If you have yet to accept him, if you have yet to receive him into your heart, to, to take his hand. In a marriage relationship, you know, they have the couples look at each other in the eyes and repeat vows. And we can look at Jesus today in, in our hearts and we can say, Jesus, I accept you. And I want to walk in this relationship with you. If that's for you today or if you are already a believer and you just want to take this moment to be with Jesus, I just implore you to do so. If everybody would just bow their eyes and their heads with me. Father God, I am just coming before you, God. I am so in awe of what you've done, how you humbled yourself for us. And I pray for those today that if they have not accepted you, that they would take this moment. And we will have altar workers over here on the side. If you guys, during the fellowship time, if you want to receive prayer for that, you can come up and have one of these leaders pray with you. But God, we just come before you and we just thank you. I, I just pray for forgiveness of my sins, the ones I, I know of and the ones I don't know of, God, because I want to be right in relationship with you. And I know that my sin separates me and you. And God, I don't want to have any barriers between you and I. And I pray for your people here today, your church, the world, God, that we would all come before you in repentance and say, thank you, I accept you, I believe in you, and you are the Lord of my life from this day forward. And I pray that over every person, and in Jesus' mighty name we all said, amen. And we are going to do our confession of faith. This is our Christian worldview. This is what the universal church believes in around the world that believes in Jesus Christ. And we are going to recite this together on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment of, for all unbelievers in Jesus. 
I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Greet your neighbor. Greet someone new to you.
Welcome everybody to MPI. Good morning. Today is a great day in the house of the Lord. Amen. I am Jerry. I'm a campus pastor here at Metro Praise International. Um, we're just so glad you guys are here on behalf of all the pastors, all the staff, all of those in leadership. We are so happy you decided to make this your church for this morning. Um, we're just so thankful to have you here. Um, we meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Glad you guys came to the second service. But we also have Elevate on Fridays at 7. This is for all of our youth from 11 to 18 years old. They are just rocking it out for Jesus. If you guys are between the ages of 11 and 18 or you know someone who is between the ages of 11 and 18, that is their service. And uh, that's just where they're going to get plugged in and that's where they're going to grow. Today is a special day. We're doing a tribute to the king. This is... Yes, let's get excited about that again. We are a tribute to the king. Amen. All of our, our leaders are going to come. They're going to perform their talent because we believe that talents belong to Jesus. God has given them to us as gifts, but who knows that gifts are not always for ourselves. There's something that we are supposed to give back. God gives us a talent and we get to give it back to him as a gift. Amen. And then this week is so exciting. Wednesday night, King's Kids, which is 0 to 11 years old, is our family fun night. It's our big Christmas bash. We are doing games. There's going to be crafts, giveaways. There's a raffle going on. I think they're raffling off a couple bikes and some other toys. And every child's going to get a gift. And so if you guys are a family, you guys just need to come and make just this time together just family time. All right, we have a vision here also, and it is to love God and love people, amen. And we have a discipleship strategy, which is connect, mentor, send. And uh, this is where you guys are gonna get connected. If you guys, uh, you guys all have a handout, on the back side of this handout is gonna be all of our um, life groups and ministries that we're doing. And this is just where you guys can get plugged in, connected. This week, is, this is what's going on. We have our marriage life group. That is tonight. It is going to be here at the church. We are going to just eat food. We are going to fellowship. We are just going to love on each other, love in Jesus. We are so excited. I am so excited. My husband made lumpia tonight. And uh, if you guys don't know what that is, it's a Filipino egg roll. It is the most amazing thing, and he makes the best. So if you guys are married, you guys need to come on through. Then we also have the Wednesday night King's Kid that I was telling you about. And then Saturday, every single Saturday, we meet here at the church for evangelism. We go hit the streets. We share the love of God to people on the streets. So if you guys want to be part of that, grow and stretch in your faith, that is where you're going to do it. Then the next thing is we want to connect you. We want to connect you to Jesus. We want to connect you to the cross, what Jesus has done for you. And we do that by our 101. This is where you meet one-on-one -on -one with an elder, with a deacon um, in this church. And they go through it. And we walk in life with you. And this is so vital to your salvation, to, to just your walk with Jesus. Like, I accepted Jesus. Now what? Because if we say we're going to make him the Lord of our life, then we need to let him be Lord over everything in our life. Amen? And so then we want to mentor you, and that's what we do in our 201 class. When you guys get through the 101, we put you in a leadership training class, which is the 201. This is where you really get charged up. You get educated in the Word of God, and, we, and then we want to send you out. Everybody say, send. Send. Yeah, we want to send you out to change the world for Jesus, and uh, that is how we do it here. We have a goal here in the city of Chicago. We want 100,000 disciples in Chicago. We want to plant 
50 churches here in this city. We want to be like the Walgreens, you know, like on your local corner store. We have got a Metro Praise, you know, the, the bars are moving out and Metro Praise is moving in. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And we then we want to have 500 churches around the world. If you guys believe we can do it, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. The next thing we have going on is we have, we believe in tithes and offerings. And this is where we want to go to our giving book. This is something we do. We're talking about hindrances right now. And a hindrance, we have, um, we're talking about overcoming fear. And I don't know if you guys are like me, but I dealt with a lot of fear when I was, I, I lived with a lot of anxiety, and it really held me back from living a full life. And so we want to talk about a hindrance. A hindrance is something that prevents us from being obedient to God's command. If I'm withheld by my fear, I can't be obedient because I don't know how to be obedient because my fear holds me back. So we're going to go to our scripture, which is Matthew 25, 25. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. This man was so afraid of his master that he went and hid his talent. He went and hid it. And I think it's so cool that we were talking about, you know, he hid his gold. And, and in the Bible, it also talks about a talent. And today, we are going to display our talents. So that's amazing. Um, so we want to go to our main points. He says, so I was afraid. Fear is a powerful emotion that can prevent you from doing the right thing. For example, if you're afraid that God will not provide for you, you will not be faithful in giving your tithes and offerings. That is so true. Hid your gold. Sometimes people think like the lazy steward in this parable that hiding God's treasures is better than investing it into his kingdom. Certainly saving money is wise, but we should only save what we have tithed from. Otherwise, we are hiding God's money because the tithe belongs to him. What belongs to you? The reality is everything belongs to God, everything. He doesn't just want, yes, we talk about the 10%, but he wants all of it. We should do everything for God. So the reality is everything belongs to God, not just our tithes and offerings. However, God only asks that we be fruitful to give or faithful to give 10% back to him and seek his will for offerings above that. Therefore, when giving our tithes and offerings, we should do it remembering that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Amen. In summary, be motivated by your love for God and giving, not hindered by fear. So how do we apply this to our lives? We want to be faithful in giving our tithe, which is 10% of our total income. That is what the Bible teaches. And offering is anything you give above and beyond. Repent if you have not been faithful in giving God your tithes and offerings because of fear. Be faithful Watch what God's going to do in your life. Learn God's financial promises in the Bible so you can replace your fear with faith. We want to confess this together. So if you guys want to just read with me off this screen, it says, By the power of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the word of God, I will not be hindered by greed, laziness, unbelief, discouragement, or fatigue in my giving to God. I will overcome bitterness, impatience, pride, fear, idolatry, and live a life of obedience in my finances. Amen. And we want to talk to you today just about 
We, we believe that there is a way to give the tithe, and then we also have two ways to give above and beyond the tithe, which is with our missions and our building offerings. So you guys can designate that on your envelope if you feel led to give. This is what we are planning to do in 2016 because we believe in being good stewards of what God gives us. We don't buy things on credit. We want to pay things in full. We believe that, and God has always provided for us at this church because we are faithful to give. And so I want you guys to pray this year you know coming into the new year ask what God what he wants you to give listen make time to listen for the Holy Spirit to talk to you and tell you that number maybe it's you know you guys are living penny to penny you know paycheck to paycheck but God says this year I want you to give five thousand dollars to to offering you know whether it be mission or, or building and you guys just have to be faithful to listen to it so give be faithful and give generously and sacrificially if God calls you to do it he's going to provide for you to get you through it amen and then there's two ways to give. We have online giving, so there's a way to do that through through Chase. Through we have a quick pay option. Um, we have the online banking. We also have PayPal, and then we can also take your credit card in the back if you want to do it that way, or right up here at the the bucket, and we just take that and we are faithful to depositing that into the bank. Amen. So on the if you guys would stand up with me, we're gonna recite this and then we're gonna pray for our ties. Luke six thirty eight. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Father God, we come before you, and we just thank you, Lord, for being faithful. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are the God that provides. Lord, I pray that each person here would be faithful in giving their tithes, faithful in listening to you to give their offering the best. You may call us to do go above and beyond this next year what we think we're even capable of, and I pray you give us the faith to follow through. God, I thank you for each and every person here. Bless this church that we may be fruitful and that we may multiply in disciples and in discipleship and seeing the lost get saved for you. Thank you, Jesus, and we pray this in your heavenly and awesome name. Amen. Come rejoice as you give, okay? guys aren't going to get rid of me today. 
Um, <laughs> this is our tribute to the king. We are going to kick it off by having our children's, our king's kids. They are all going to come up here. They want to sing a couple songs for you. So if you guys would just give them a round of applause as they come up here. Because these kids are awesome. You guys are all awesome for Jesus, right? Yeah. Welcome to our tribute to a king. Um, I am Albertina Ortina. I work with the children in the second service, which is an awesome blessing. I have the pleasure of leading them and guiding them uh, through this journey and be able to present to you their talents. So um, as they're getting settled in, we just want to welcome you and we just want you to enjoy um, their, their talent. <laughs> this is Josie we have over here. She's going to be our drummer and she's also and she's also going to recite a memory verse that she's been working on. Our children have been working all month um, to present to you this, this performance. So here is Josie. Isaiah 9-6. Unto us um, a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be will be upon his shoulders and he and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father and prince of peace amen Woo! all right and for our first performance we will go ahead the children will go ahead and play i mean now and sing the drummer boy uh, one two three Come,
Little Lord Jesus, long time on the hay. Cattle are lowing the baby awake. But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky. And take my cradle till morning is night. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care. And take us to heaven to are awesome. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I am so excited about these kids. Um, I can't wait till my son's there. If you guys don't know, I just had a baby about eight weeks ago. So um, I can't wait till he's that age and he can, he can shout it out. Um, next, we have uh, Rudy, Jason, Lawrence, and Vinny are going to come up to play a song for you. The guys are going to be doing some jingle bells. So I hope you guys are ready. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to give you a topic. Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. Discuss. You guys are ready. You guys can hit it. Hello. Great. Okay, so this is this is a, uh, our own version of Jingle Bells. Uh, it's uh, it's fun. It's playful, but at the same time, the lyrics are uh, instead of Jingle Bells, it's Sing and Tell. Uh, so it's about telling of the gospel. Around the age of 30, Jesus got 
got baptized With miracles he walked Disciples he had taught Crucified and in three days Overcame the grave Sing and tell, sing and tell Sing of the good news Christ did came and endured the pain Due to me and you Oh, sing and tell, sing and tell Tell all of your friends If you care, well, they will let It came and do it the pain due to me and you. Oh, sing and tell. Pharaoh smells with a stubborn piece of clay. God parted the Red Sea and Israel got away. Sing and tell, sing and tell. of Jingle Bells I ever heard. Um, if you guys, um, I have uh, Rachel and Christina Riesco. They are going to be coming up doing a spoken word, um, and uh, little Samantha will be singing too. So this is going to be, look at you guys in blue. You guys are awesome. Constant through the generations, king of every nation. 
But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my words are few. And to try and capture the one true God using my vocabulary would never do. But I use words as an expression, an expression of worship to a savior, a savior who is both worthy and deserving of my praise, so I use words. My heart extols the Lord, blesses his name forever. He has won my heart, captured my mind, and has bound them both together. He has conquered me in my rebellion, defeated me in my sin, and he has welcomed me into his presence, completely invited me in. He has made himself the object of my sight, drawn me with mercies in the morning, surrounded me with grace in the night. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. But what I do have is good news, for my God knew that man-made words would never do. For words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. So he sent Jesus Christ as the truth, living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of our creation. For him, all things were created, giving nothingness formation. And by his name, he sustains by the power of his name. For as before, he is before all things, and over all things, he reigns. Holy is his name, so praise him for his life. The way he persevered in strife, the humble son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice. So praise him for his death. That he willingly stood in our place. That he lovingly endured the grave. That he battled our enemy and on the third day rose in victory. He is everything that was promised. Praise him as your risen king. Lift your voice and sing. For one day he will return for us. And we will finally be united with our Savior for eternity. Eternity. So it's not just words that I proclaim. For my words point to the word, and the word has a name. Hope has a name. Peace has a name. Love has a name. And that name is Jesus Christ. Praise his name forever. For he is glorified forever he is lifted high forever he is risen he is alive he is alive
We do sing hallelujah out of the mouth of babes. Man, that was so powerful. Let's give them up another round of applause. That was amazing. It's an amazing spoken word. Love them. Uh, we have Desiree coming up, and she's going to be singing um, a song for you. I think it's Noel. Oh, man, this was just, that was so awesome. You guys hear another spoken word, if you guys like it, the etiquette is to snap your fingers. They say something good, you're like, mm, that's good. Just snap those fingers. Come on, girl, snap those fingers. I'm gonna let them get set up and um, this is gonna be awesome. Feast your ears on the magical sounds of Desiree the Magnificent. <laughs>
Thank you. Hallelujah. Her voice is anointed. We have the Elevate skit team up. And as they get ready, I just want to tell you guys just how awesome it is that we get, we get a platform. And not so often do we get a platform to share our gifts and talents. And this is something that's so special. It's special to me. I've been a performer my whole life. I would have been one of those little kids up in the middle of the church, except I would have had the microphone and I wouldn't have shared it with anybody, just like now. Um, just kidding. But um, we are just so excited. The Elevate youth team is just rocking and rolling for Jesus. Um, we are so excited for them. We are so excited. We have a, a deacon who's part of the youth ministry. Her name is Carol. She has just taken over the skit team. You know, God has just anointed her to come up and given her creativity to just put these skits together and we just know that this is an area where our church is going to grow. If you guys are in youth or even an adult and you want to get connected to, to doing something performance based or you feel that's in your heart, man, pray on that and maybe there's going to be a space for you, you know, as this develops and we really want to see that. I would love to see that happen. I want to join the skit team because um, I think I'm funny. And uh, <laughs> are you guys ready? Okay, so we're just gonna um, we're just gonna give it up for them. So everybody, put your hands together as they get they get started.
those drums are amazing. Come on, somebody. It's so awesome to have talent. Um, I want Rachel and Lauren, they, they are our next. Uh, they're going to be doing a song for y'all. It's kind of a worship mix. And uh, man, I would not sound that good on the drums. I don't have that much rhythm. I dance like a white girl. Don't let this appearance fool you. I'm just kidding. Um, she knows. Um, all right, so you guys are here, and I am so excited that you are. Man, God is good. Man, I don't even know what to say so much as, as I just want to give God all the glory because we are here today, and um, without God, a lot of us wouldn't be here today. And that is the truth for me. And um, I am just so, so thankful. And I know that you guys are too. And um, just like a, a snippet of a testimony, and um, you're going to kind of hear more later. But, um, you know, I just came from a broken place. And I know that everybody comes from sort of a broken place. Most people do. And, um, that's what's so awesome about being here is that we have a platform. We, we can just give God all the glory. Even those of us who feel like maybe we're not fully talented, God has given us gifts and talents to use for the Lord, whether on the stage or in your home. You know, sometimes just being a mom, that is a talent. I am learning that. And so, you know, to all you moms who do it, God bless you. To all you dads who do it, God bless you. Are you guys ready? These moms are awesome. <laughs> All right.
moving this, because um, just like I was telling you guys before, um, I have a past, and um, but I also like to write spoken words, and so a lot of my spoken words come out of a place of testimony, as do a lot of the songs we write, you know, and the, the creative things that we do. So I just want to share this with you. Um, Here I stand with eyes wide open, with a word that has been spoken into my heart. And now I'm a world apart from the bondage that once overtook me, shackled to my sin. I cried out, oh Lord, for, don't overlook me. Have mercy on my restless, selfish soul. Don't leave me abandoned and out of control. Shackled, tackled, and spackled, I lost myself. Once redeemed and twice backslidden, I, I lost myself. A roller coaster ride to keep myself hidden, and all I wanted to do was savor the next party. A way to drown the pain to keep myself from feeling the disdain of my past transgressions from the current ones. Oh, how you didn't forget me, even though I lost myself, you found me. Under piles of junk stacked on my back, looking for a trek back to reality. Never seeing the totality of my every decision you took me, that took me further from your presence. But you put a stumbling block at my feet. And I slipped, tripped, and double dipped, which had me flat on my back like a, tur <laughs> like a turtle. A turtle belly exposed, soft underbelly revealing my every weakness. And I thought to myself, can you really redeem this? Called back into your presence, I fell forward with repentance. I changed and rearranged, I stand again, restored, redeemed, forgiven, whole. Again, I have a soul that longs for you with more fight than ever before. Seeing more of what you have in store and I need to be part of it. Whatever, wherever, whenever, bold and exposed. You are my future. Amen. Thank you. We have one last act for you. We got Sunday school. We are not talking about the little kitties anymore, all right? Although, with a couple of these guys, I'm not sure if that's true. We are so excited. Um, these guys have just been blowing it up for Jesus. They, they recently just had um, a performance at Columbia College. Who knows, we're gonna take these colleges back for Jesus. We are gonna use the gifts and talents. We are not burying them in our backyard. We're not just keeping them inside the church. We want the world to know that we are about Jesus. So we are so excited to have these guys. And this is just, it's gonna be high energy. They're gonna be jumping around, I think if I know Julian, and uh, we are so excited. Um, you guys are just in for something really special, and, and we just, we wanna encourage you guys, when we do the, the next you know, talent showcase, not sure what that's gonna be yet, but let God use you. You know, we wanna open it up for people to really share what their talents and gifts are. It's not just about us, it's about you guys as well. What's your platform? Your platform might not be in the church. You may not be called a full-time ministry. You don't have to be in full-time ministry to do ministry, amen? 
The streets are your ministry, your friends, your neighbors, you know, the person who lives next door to you. Who have you told about Jesus today? Who have you told about Jesus in the past week? Maybe it's just opening up your doors and inviting a friend over for dinner because there's a lot of people who don't know what a solid family looks like. And the best thing you can do is just say, hey, why don't you come over to my house? Show them what a godly family looks like. Maybe you guys need a family to go to. You know, talk to my husband and I. We will invite you over. I love to cook. We love to eat. If you like to cook, I will eat it. The only thing I don't like is olives, so I'll just make sure those are on the side, okay? And um, are you guys all ready to go? Oh, maybe not. Okay, so back to the food. Um, I really enjoy pretty much everything. Um, I like sushi. I like arrozgo gandules. My husband is Filipino, so if you got some tinola or some, uh, oh, what's that thing I like? Kare kare. What was that? Yeah, you like kare kare. Yeah, that's some, that's some pork belly up in there. That's right. Um, if you guys haven't had that, you should definitely try it. And uh, okay, so we are going to have these guys kick it off. You gotta sound good for the Lord, right? Why don't you guys go ahead and stand up for me, guys? We're gonna worship today. Can I get a little more drums, please? Just on this monitor. Amen. This is an original composition for you guys. my eyes and feel your presence I close my eyes and feel your love and then I open up my eyes and see the beauty that you've made and I'm taken
you never see Cause you saw me if you don't know what I mean Break on me healthy like a fiend Be all you can be Praise be to he Who say someone like me Cause nobody's worthy Right, that didn't matter When he hung on the cross Because even in death Christ would never take the loss Bigger than overcome The only true begotten son And on that last breath The deed was already done The veil was torn from top to bottom No earthly feet Oh my God Human deceit Don't realize Ah Yeah about this is for Jesus it's all about the king just like he's talking about we wouldn't have gifts and talents without him we are so excited and now um, we're just gonna get into the word we want to get into the meat you guys ready for the meat all right amen we love you guys thank you so much for being here let's give it up for Jerry she did a great job and all of the talent Awesome. Open up your Bibles with me to John chapter 15. Now I'm going to use my talent for Jesus. This is my talent of preaching. How many of you have something you can give to the Lord? Do you have a talent? Do you have an ability? I think you do. You can use your life to influence other people. You can use your words to encourage people. Those of you during the holiday season that are having your family over, you can share with them your testimony and talk about what God's done in your life. And, of course, you can continue to come to church and to help support what God is doing here. This is us as a team. Metro Praise International is not one person or a few people. It's everybody, from those who work with the children in the back to those who set up the lights and do all of the, the, the decorations. It's a simple look, but doesn't it look nice? People had to do that. So let's open up our Bibles to John 15. I want to preach uh, the Word to you for a little bit today. We're in a series called Abide. If you love Jesus, can I hear you say Abide? Awesome. Those of you who are new, we're glad that you're with us today. The word abide comes from Jesus in this passage. He used it ten times to talk about our relationship with him. And he uses the example of a vine and branches. And today we're going to have a special message from this portion of Scripture. And I hope that everybody can be encouraged today to abide in Jesus. Now as I read through this uh, portion of Scripture, every time you see the word abide, what are you going to do? You're going to say abide. Everybody practice it. One, two, three. 
Abide. You guys are awesome. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser or gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. Thank you. And I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you. See, that's not that hard, is it? Let's keep going. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. That was last week's message, thrown into the fire. If you, thank you, abide in me and my words, Abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now listen to these last two verses. They're so important, and they're special. And three times Jesus uses the word abide right here. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Isn't that special that Jesus said that? If you keep my commandments, you will Abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So if you were paying attention, ten times the word abide was used there, and three times here at the end, talking about abiding in the love of God. Does anybody love God today? Now, I hope that you do, but for some of us here, this may be a struggle. This may be a battle for your heart about whether or not you're going to abide with Jesus. And if you're not abiding with Jesus, that means you're abiding with something else. And there was a key section here that I want to talk to you today about. All of our messages are online as well as our notes. If you ever miss the one, you can go check it out. But look at this where it says right here. It says, for without me you can do what? Nothing. And so today what I want to talk about is the sermon, nothing versus everything. Notice that Jesus said, if you do not abide in me, you can do nothing. Right here he said that in verse 5. But then later on here in verse 7, he says, if my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. This idea of whatever you desire, ask what you desire, could be basically said, as everything. So now we have a choice. If we abide with Christ, we can have what we desire. We can have everything that's according to his will. If we do not abide with Christ, we will have nothing. Does everybody see where the title of the message comes from? Nothing versus everything. How many of you have already made up your mind, you don't want nothing, you want everything? Okay, now if you're still like undecided, I don't know, I kind of want nothing, this message is for you, okay? I'm going to preach it to you because I want you to make up your mind for sure, for sure that you want Jesus and every good thing he has for you, amen? And this is not a pity patty party. God will not feel sorry for you if you have nothing. And he won't look at your neighbor and take what they have and force them to give it to you. God wants each individual to have everything given to them from him. Now, I still believe in charity. I believe in hand, you know, handing things out. But the better thing is a hand up and teach people how to get their own blessings, how to be blessed by the best. Amen? And that's what Christ is teaching us here. If you notice, he says, abide in me. And I want to talk about that in contrast to this illustration. So uh, in relation to this illustration, rather, Jesus is giving us the example. This is a vineyard. That dark brown thing is a vine. From that brown vine comes the green 
green, luscious branches, and the fruit that come from those branches are the good things that God is talking about. Who did he say was the vine? Who's the vine? Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Okay, who did Jesus say was the vine? Okay, it's not a trick question. I'm going to ask it again. Do you have talent today? You have talent to help me preach, don't you? Use your talents to help me preach. Jesus said, who was the vine? Jesus himself. Who did he say were the branches? Us. And another word for us there is disciples. Now, fruit was never named specifically, but as we went through it in our first sermon in this series, is that you could see fruit is used in many different ways for good things. Fruit of the Spirit, fruit of your character, fruit of in, in your ministry, a fruitful marriage, a fruitful family, fruitfulness on your job. All of those things the Bible actually talks about as fruit. Now, I want you to think of what we just read here. John 15, 5, Jesus said, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Now I want you to think about nothing. It's an English word, so just break it down. No thing. Without Christ, you can have no things. No things. Nothing. So nothing is not a thing that I can show you. It's not like I can say, hey, do you want some nothing? Here it is. It's not like you can look at your neighbor and say, here, I got some nothing. I painted it red for you. It looks nice on you. No. No thing, nothing, literally means nothing. It doesn't even exist. So Jesus is telling us without him, we will not have anything that lasts or exists. But when you look at this literally, it almost seems to contradict what we see in our world today. Because aren't there people who don't have Christ, but they have things? Let's take, for example, Bill Gates, richest man in the world. He doesn't love Jesus, and he has lots of things. He may even come to this church today and mock us as Christians. Imagine if he was a little sassy and he wanted to push his beliefs on us. He may come here and go, ha, huh, Look at you Christians. You believe in this mythological book called the Bible? It says if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. I don't have Jesus, and I have more than all of you combined. As a matter of fact, I have more than all of your city combined. I have $70 billion of something, and you have nothing compared to me. Now, that would be something for him to be honest and say that, but that's really a lot of what the world thinks. They don't need Jesus. They're doing just fine. Oprah Winfrey doesn't need Jesus. Think about it. She's made a billion dollars doing what she does. She may come to Pastor Joe, come to me here and go, Pastor Joe, I hear you're picking on me. I hear you're talking about me all the time. Well, let's do big bank takes little bank. How much you got in your bank account, Pastor Joe? How many members do you have in your church? Look at my bank account. Look at the members of my church, my life class that I put on my, my network. Joe, you don't have anything compared to me. Or what about world powers, dictators? People have succeeded to establish their dictatorships without God. Here you had Hitler in the, the World War II, and now you have China, a dictatorship, or, or North Korea. You have these communistic dictatorships that say, we don't want God. We don't want Jesus. Just take China, for example. They say, we don't want God. We don't want Jesus. And look at all the billions of dollars we have, and we're giving America a run for their money. Certainly, Jesus cannot be true because he said, without me, you can do nothing. But I have a lot of some things. That's something to think about, isn't it? Is God telling us the truth? Turn down those rest of the mics, please. I want you to turn with me, please, to Psalm 73. How many think that's something to think about? How many think we should think about that? Look at Psalms chapter 73. One of the sons of Asaph, one of the authors of the book of Psalms, wrote about this, actually. 
Look at Psalms chapter 73, verse 1. I want you to see it in your own Bible. Don't just take my word for it in the karaoke screen. Look up here, and let's see if you can relate to this. Here's the writer talking. He said, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. And how many would agree with that? God is good to his people, and he's good to those who are pure in heart. That's the way it's supposed to work. Bad things happen to bad people. Good things happen to good people. That's the way it's supposed to work. But it says in verse 2, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. Now, what would make him almost trip and lose his foothold? Look at verse 3. He said, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So here's this writer saying, I'm living for God. It's supposed to go good for me. Those who don't love God, it's supposed to go bad for them. But hold on. My foot almost slipped when I see them doing better than me. They're arrogant. These wicked rappers like Jesus, Kanye West, get online, make themselves out to be like Christ, and yet they make more money than Christian rappers. The arrogance, the prosperity of the wicked. Here you have people in this church working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and they can barely get the Christmas presents for their children that their children want. And yet there's people wicked today that are wasting money and not even in church to say thank you to God. Verse 4, they have no struggles their bodies are healthy and strong. Don't you see what they push before you in entertainment? It was no different in this man's day. He's looking at the world. He's looking at the supermodels. He's looking at the gladiators. And he's looking at the Arnold Schwarzeneggers. And he's saying, hold on. There, there's something not lining up here. They're not going to the temple like me. They're not living pure in heart. But yet they're strong. And maybe his mother, like my friend's mother, is dying of cancer. And she was a godly woman, and yet a wicked woman is living her life in prosperity. Somebody like a Cher, outliving many of the women who have loved God. And yet Cher just flaunts her old body, you know, for everybody to see, oh, she has no struggle. Look at her. Look how healthy and strong she is. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Steve, ask them to keep it down in the back there, please. You can almost look at the world and start to get this false picture of them, and that's what's starting to develop in this man's eyes. Now he starts to say, they don't even have the same problems we have. They don't even have to worry about things like I have to worry about it. Therefore, verse 6, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. You begin to look at these entertainers and these, these, these um, um, sports stars. They're so full of pride. They're so full of ego. It's all about their body. It's all about themselves. The, the street thugs, the gangs, so much about violence, and they make money doing it. Now look at verse 7. For their from their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their, imagination, their evil imaginations have no limits. So you begin to look at the world, even the entertainment, these horror shows or these mu music videos, like this one young man, Future, sings some of the most dirtiest, filthiest songs on pop culture ever. I remember listening to things like, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air growing up, and this man makes Fresh Prince of Bel-Air look like a choir, a singer in the choir. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Or are you guys going to pretend you don't know who Future is? See, they scoff, verse 8, and these sinners speak with malice. As a matter of fact, with their arrogance, they start threatening oppression. There's a Harvard doctor right now that's been fired from his hospital. Why? 
Did he try to poison people? Did, did he do malpractice? No, because as a doctor, he believes that the homosexual lifestyle is a dangerous lifestyle for the person's body. Harvard doctor, not just some preacher that has an opinion, a Harvard doctor, they fired him. You wonder why in universities they don't talk more about Jesus? Watch the documentary, Expelled. They are expelling the university professors who don't want to go with the lie of evolution, who want to stand up for morality. They are firing teachers. They are threatening businesses. Businesses, you don't want to celebrate our sin? You don't want to give your employees money to abort their children? We're going to shut you down. Do you know that the aldermen by the, uh, by the city over there, uh, by Wicker Park, didn't want to let Chick-fil-A come in. You see, with arrogance, they threatened them. Chick-fil-A, we're not going to let you do business here. You oppress people, and so we're going to oppress you. You see, right now, the world is getting mad with Christians. It's because the Christians are holding on to a morality that they can't change, and they want to oppress, and it's happening even more. And now look at this in verse 9. This has happened then. It happens now. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. They say, look at me. Look at the tower I've built. Look at the private plane I've put in the sky. Look at the money I can spend to take a trip to outer space. Where's your God? Look at all the things I have. Where's your God, Christians? Therefore, verse 10 their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. That means that they have so much of an influence on the people around them because it seems like if you're doing good, you must be good. And so if you're doing bad, you must be bad. So today, if you were judging churches, Metro Praise is not as good as so-and-so's church because I don't have as many people. And so if we're judging this based on who sells the most albums and who sells the most books, these wicked people start drawing in other wicked people and they drink up all the water they give them in abundance. They feed the people these lies and the people keep wanting it because you make me feel good. Now look what they say in verse 11. They say, how would God know? Hmm? How would God know, or and in other words, does the Most High know anything? You guys are talking about Jesus. You say that I can't have nothing without him, and here I have all of these things. This is a righteous man in the Bible saying, I know God is good to Israel and those who are pure in heart, but my foot almost slipped. I almost lost my footing when I saw the arrogant and see them prosper and heard them say, does it even matter? Does God know? I wonder if you've ever felt that way. I know that I can be tempted that way. How about me not talk about hell? How about me not talk about things that bother you and just fill this, this place up with more and more and more people? How about I smile more like Joel Osteen and tell you the things that your itching ears want to hear so I can be a millionaire too? And while we're at it, why don't I let more people into the church, lower the standard? It doesn't matter how you live as long as you entertain the people. And we can stop calling this church and we'll just call it a casino sideshow or a Vegas sideshow. How about you? Do you ever get that feeling? Do you ever look at your neighbor on Sunday and see what they're doing? The neighbor who doesn't love God has a nicer house than you, nicer car than you, takes more vacations than you, and they don't tithe at all. So long, Christian. Ha, ha, ha. As you go give your money to the church... As you struggle, I'm going to go to the lake this weekend. I'm going to go take a trip to Wisconsin. I'm going to Colorado to go skiing. 
Verse 12, this is what the wicked are like. This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. Look at this precious man as he shares his heart. Maybe you've felt this way before. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. It don't work. I've prayed. I've stayed away from the bad. And yet I'm not getting more money. I'm not getting more things. I'm not getting more popularity. I'm not getting that promotion. Maybe you've seen somebody at your job. They curse out people. They lie. They cut corners. And yet they're getting promoted. And here you're being honest. You're telling the truth. And yet you're suffering. Look at what he goes on to say. All day long I've been afflicted. And every morning brings new punishments. Have any of you ever had a day like that in Christianity where you said, man, this is, this is bad. I thought Christianity was supposed to be a yellow brick roses singing in the rain, and now I'm dealing with more issues some ways that I didn't deal with before I was a Christian. Before I was a Christian, I didn't have that many enemies on Facebook, but now they don't like my post. Before I was a Christian, my boss had no problem scheduling me for Sunday, but now I told him I want Sundays off, and he's threatening me to fire me. Before I was a Christian, my husband didn't mind what I did with the money, but now I give it to the church, and my husband says he'll divorce me if I keep tithing. These are things I've actually heard. You ever feel that way all day long? I've been afflicted. Every morning I, I have to deal with these punishments, these prunings of the Lord. Now look at what he says here in verse 15. He said, if I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. You see, at this point, he catches himself, and he goes, yep, my foot almost stumbled. Yes, I almost slipped because I saw all of this, but before I posted it on Facebook, before I told it to everybody, said, man, Christianity's not worth it, man. Church sucks. I don't like doing this stuff, man. Tithing don't work. Before I posted my negative feedback and told everybody, I realized that if I did that, I would be disgracing your family, your children, Father. He said, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Has anybody like me ever been troubled deeply by this? I know it's troubled me. I gave you that example as a pastor. You don't think it troubles me? I'm just as good as a speaker. I'm probably just as good looking. I have just as good of music talent. Why aren't we running a thousand? Oh, oh, it's because I talk about this and, and I mention that and, and I hold people accountable. to. The, oh, oh, I get it. Now, you mean if I just switched the game? I could, I could have that. That troubles me, God. Why do bad things happen to good people sometimes, and why do good things happen to bad people? He said, this is what I was troubled by. And that goes back to those words of Jesus. See, I wonder if you took that serious when we read it, because if you take it serious, it does get a little bit troubling. Without me, you can do nothing. And yet, all of these wicked people have a lot of things. This is what troubled that man. Then he said, till I entered the sanctuary of God, and then I understood their final destiny. You see, now he began to understand that temporary prosperity, temporary things obviously are in the moment, but they don't carry through to the final destiny. He now says, surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by your terrors. They are like a dream. When one awakes, when you rise, arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasy. So everybody look up at me. This is the revelation this man got. He said, when it comes to judgment, when it comes to Jesus, all that Bill Gates has, all that Oprah has, all 
all that the wicked have, when they come to judgment, it is gone like your dream is gone when you wake up. When you wake up from that dream, you have nothing of that dream. No thing remains from that dream. He said that's what it likes is when God comes back. They have no thing left. Bill Gates will have not one thing left if he did not abide in Christ. Nothing will remain. You look at this passage and you begin to understand that Jesus is not teasing us. He's not talking metaphorical. He's talking literally. And he's preparing us for a time when the veil is torn away and we see what life was really all about. We begin to understand that Jesus was teaching us just like what James said in James 4.14 that life is nothing but a vapor. Now I want everyone's attention. Please look up here, please. Get that up for me quickly. I want you to see this. Life. Is but a vapor. Thank you, James. I'll get it from right here. Thank you, James 4.14. Turn there quickly. I want you to see it. Why do you, why do you, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? Look at this. What is your life? Your life, you are a mist that appears for a little while. Let go, please, sir. Thank you. Somebody say, what is my life? Say it like you mean it. What is my life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Rachel, would you come up, please? Turn off these lights for me quickly, please. Do you not understand what we've just learned today? Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. And yet we see a world that seems to have a lot of somethings, a lot of things. And yet, like the writer of the psalm, we are taught that when God arises... When the judgment comes, what they have vanishes just like a dream. So what is your life like? Your life is like a mist, which is like smoke that's here for a little while and vanishes. Your life is like this without God. You're going to use your talents. You're going to go get your education. You're going to go get money, and you may even become the next Bill Gates. Good for you. Next Oprah Winfrey, good for you. But if you don't abide in Christ, there it goes. There it goes. Where is it now? Can I take my education and present it before God as a thing? Will I have my body? Will I have my sexuality in eternity? Where did it go? That's your life, friends. Look at the scripture. You are but a mist. Oh, but pastor, I'm so important. I'm so smart. I've got so many people that look up to me. I'm a mother. I'm a father. This is your family when you die. This is every precious thing you love in this life without Christ. You can't take your children with you, mom. Can't take them with you, dad. You can't take all those things you did for the Salvation Army. Where is it? Where are your good works now? They vanish. Like a dream when one awakes. They vanish like mist. Oh, but pastor, I belong to this religion, and this religion teaches me to do this, and this religion teaches me to do that. Has that religion taught you to abide in Christ and Christ alone? <sighs> no. Teaches me to trust in the prophet. Teaches me to trust in Father Tom. Teaches me to trust in confession. Well, my friend, where are your works now? Where are those good deeds now? They have vanished. Can't take them with you. 
I think about Jesus talking to us about abiding. And I could just imagine the heart of Jesus because I'm a father, you know, and I love my children. But, I mean, I, I, I can't love the way God loves. I mean, he's infinite. I mean, I love with a heart that I've only had for 38 years, but he's infinite, eternal. He's all good. He is beyond our imagination. The Bible says no one knows the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of the love of God. I couldn't, couldn't imagine, though, his heart looking at those guys, saying, hey, Peter, listen, if you abide in me and I in you, you'll bear fruit because apart from me, you have nothing, Peter. You have nothing, nothing. All the great leaders of Rome, Peter, will have nothing. Peter, all those running around here right now, nothing. I thank God that he didn't come to just talk about nothing, but he came to give us something. The Bible teaches us that when Jesus came, he came because he loved us, that he wanted to give us what we can never do for ourselves. Look at what he says in John 15, 5. He said, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. That's why he came, was to awaken us to the reality that without him, it's nothing. But with him, we can bear not some fruit, but we can bear much fruit. Look at what he then says further on. He says, you can ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. In other words, Jesus said it like this in Mark 9, 23. He said, everything, somebody say everything. Everything is possible for the one who believes. I want to ask you today to decide to make a decision that you're not going to let nothing get in your way and hold you back from abiding in Jesus and having everything that he has for you. Your family and the blessing that God has for that family is in abiding in Jesus. And when you die and you can't take your children with you, in heaven you will receive the reward as a crown upon your head for being the mother God asked you to be, for being the father that he asked you to be. When you work and you use your talents unto God and you leave all of these things on earth, in heaven you are given eternal rewards that neither moth nor rust can take away. See, the truth about abiding is that this is really the only option you have if you want to have what God wants for you. Some people say, Pastor, what about sickness? What about disease? What about all those, those things that you talked about, those bad things that happen to good people? Every wrong is made right in heaven. Tears are wiped away from their eyes. And the things that God gives them are never taken away. Healing never taken away again. Eternal joy. Jesus said it like, uh, the, the psalmist said it like this, in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures for forevermore. No one can take that from you. So I know it's a simple decision, isn't it really? I mean, do I want nothing or something? Well, pastor, of course I want something. Yeah, but are you going to be willing to let go of your everything for his everything? Because your everything becomes nothing. In the end, what you think you're going to hold on to becomes nothing. Let go of it now and let him make you.
the person he made you to be. That's my hope for my prayer. Uh, My hope for you and my prayer for this congregation is that we will decide that he's worth it all. Amen? Would you stand to your feet with me today? Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Come on. Amen. Band, would you come? Let's sing this song, Jesus at the center of it all, before we go. But before we do, would you just close your eyes with me right now and be honest? Be honest with your heart. Don't be honest for my sake. Be honest for your sake. Look within your heart and ask yourself this question. Have I given Jesus my everything? Or am I holding on to things? Band and altar workers, would you come, please? As we're praying right now, be honest. The Holy Spirit will tell you. Lord, is there anything I've held back from you? Ask him that. Lord, is there Is there something I'm holding back that's keeping me from receiving every good thing you have for me? Maybe it's your attitude. And God says, you're holding that back from me. And in the end, it becomes nothing. Let go of it now and let me bless you. Maybe you're holding on to a relationship that the Lord has told you to handle differently and you keep trying to do it your way and God is saying, let go and let me or that relationship turns into nothing. How many of you can relate to watching your economy, I mean, uh, the jobs and the things during this economy turn to nothing? I mean, there were people losing so much. I mean, come on, why would you let that job control you now if it can so easily turn to nothing? Search your heart. I want to be able to say to God, Lord, there's nothing in my heart that holds me back from you. Because, God, I'm giving it all to you today. Just a few more moments. Is God your everything? Or are you thinking you can get some stuff without him? You, 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 you got something figured out in your mind. You know what? God said I should wait to have sex before I'm married. But, man, you know what? I seem to be doing just as good as these Christian couples. You know, and you just rationalize. You know, God tells me to give a tithe. But, you know, I see these other people. They don't tithe. They're doing good. I mean, are you wrestling with God on the inside? Be honest. Because what you're fighting over in the end you don't even get to keep. It vanishes. The Bible says even if you were to gain the whole world in exchange for your soul, you're still a fool. Why? Because you don't keep it. You don't keep it. But if today we let go of everything in our heart for the glory of God and abide in Him, we will bear the fruit that remains. I will be rewarded and you will be rewarded, the Bible says, according to what we did. And while the... um, The wicked are in hell, and they have nothing in hell. Think about that. They have no money in hell. They have no love in hell. They have no relationships in hell. As they are there, we are with Christ having everything for all of eternity. I mean, it is so simple of a choice, but yet so hard in our heart because our heart can be so deceiving at times. The biggest lies and the loudest lies we often tell are the ones we tell ourselves. A few more moments, I'm asking you, my friend, is God your everything? 
And then those of you now who are saying, yeah, I'm giving it up, Pastor. I'm repenting. I'm, I'm turning around because I, I don't want to keep these things. Would you right now just raise up your hands as a sign of surrender and ask the Lord to bless you and to bear fruit in the areas of your life that you care about because that's what he said you could do. You could ask what you desire and I will do it for you so that you will bear much fruit, bringing glory to my Father, showing yourself as as my disciple. Come on, who wants a blessed family? Ask him now. There is no mediator. I can't do it for you, friends. You have to talk to Jesus. You have to abide in him. You can't abide in me abiding in him. You can't abide in this church abiding in him. It's you and him right now. What do you want him to bless? Rachel, just whatever's in your heart just for the next few moments as people are praying. This is not a library, friends. We don't have a silence rule here. We're asking you to pray for yourself, for your family. Lord, bless us. Make us fruitful. Make my marriage fruitful, Jesus. Make me fruitful as a father, God. May I bear fruit, O oh Lord on my job, in my school, and that which I do. Jesus. A few more moments. Come on, talk to him. Jesus, make me fruitful. What areas of your life do you want to bear fruit in? Make me fruitful, Jesus. You said that I could bear fruit. Would you turn on her mic, please? You said that we could bear fruit, Lord. I want to bear fruit on my job. I want to bear fruit in my family, in my schooling. Not just temporary accolades, not just temporary pleasures. I want what lasts forever. I could have a doctorate and it vanish when I die, or I can use my education to teach and to give it away so it lasts forever. Lord, bear fruit in my education. Lord, I could use my marriage for my selfish gain so I'm not alone, so I get what I want in life. I gratify my sexuality. Lord, I could use my marriage that way, but yet it would all vanish when I die. Or I can love my wife as you love the church. I can take care of her and treat her right. And Lord, I will bring you glory. And that glory will last forever. A few more moments. What do you want God to bless in your life? What do you want God to bear fruit in your life? Lord, I could use my money for all my ambitions. I could buy nice things, have nice things. I could even gratify my guilt by helping charities and doing things to ease my greed. But yet, Lord, all my good works, all my money, all the things I buy will vanish. And yet, Lord, if I use my money now for your glory and I make you the Lord of my wallet, not just my heart, you say everything I give and everything I do here now stores up treasures in heaven bearing fruit that lasts. few more moments. Do you want to be a fruitful vine? Do you want your marriage, your family, your job? How about this city? 
If every politician, if every businessman uses the resources of this city, uses the people's tax money for their own greed, we will have a corrupt city. But yet if we pray for our honest, uh, honest leaders to raise up, honest businessmen to raise up, ridding ourselves of corruption, God will bless our city. And that which we do in this city for the Lord will remain in heaven. In heaven, for eternity, they'll talk about how Chicago was transformed from racism to brotherly love, from corruption to generosity and integrity, from, selfless, from selfishness to selflessness. These will be the uh, rewards of heaven. These are the things we'll be known for. Don't you think you're going to recognize Moses in heaven? What do you think you're going to talk to Moses about what he ate for lunch? What clothes he wore? When you talk to Moses, you're going to talk about the things Moses did for the glory of God. Do you think anybody in heaven's going to care about Michael Jordan? Just think about that. Let's be honest. Nothing against Michael Jordan, but just be honest. Any sports person you can think of, do you think anybody cares? Well, I, I, I used to throw a leather ball down a grass field and someone would catch it and run with it. Do you think Paul the Apostle is going to go, wow, that's so interesting, Tim Tebow. That's so amazing. No, it doesn't matter. But, you know, if Tim Tebow or other Christian athletes take a knee, give glory to God when they do good things, if they use their stardom for the glory of God, you know what we'll talk about in heaven? Well, I had a gift, and I used it for God, and it drew people to the Lord. And when they interviewed me, I gave glory to God, and it helped people know Jesus more. That's what we'll talk about. You see, you could have a job as a custodian. You could have a job as a garbage collector. And you may be a hero of heaven, and yet a president of the United States may burn in hell and have nothing. Why? Because if you pick up garbage and say, I do this for the Lord. I'm a help to my community. I use my money for good things. I'm supporting my family unto God. I'm raising them the right way. In heaven, you'll be a hero. In heaven, you'll be looked at as a child of God. But the powerful, the mighty here who, you know, Napoleon conquered for his namesake. <sighs> Nothing to show. Gang members fighting for corners and prestige. <sighs> All gone. Businessmen competing over money and stocks and commodities. <sighs> All gone. You remember when Jesus talked about the poor widow? She gave a penny. Everybody else was given thousands of dollars. She gave a penny and Jesus said she gave more than everyone. Why? Because she was storing treasure in heaven. Everybody else was giving to be seen by men. She gave to be seen by God. And God goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, angels, mark that one down. That's it. That's how you give. We'll talk about her in heaven. The Bible even says when the woman washed Jesus' feet, she poured out everything she had. Jesus said, everything of men will be forgotten, but this right here, these things will be talked about forever. Because the woman understood, oh my gosh, I got a jar of perfume worth a few hundred bucks or even a thousand bucks, whatever. This is the son of the living God. It's not even comparable. My everything for him. Boom, it's over. I'm pouring it out. And Jesus goes, you got it. That's it. You got it. You got it. That, that's the kingdom. That's what it looks like. Hands raised. Can we close out singing this song? Jesus, be the center of it all. Thank you for your patience. Would you proclaim it now in song today, what we've learned the at the center of it all. Jesus, 
And Jesus at the center of it all. Make Jesus the center of your life today. From beginning to the end. It will always be. Come on, now let's sing the next verse. Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it always be. Now, come on, think about this next part as we sing it. Nothing else matters. Listen to those words. Nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Because Jesus, you're the center. Jesus. Jesus, you're the center. Can you say amen if you believe that today? Amen. Praise God. We love you, Lord. How many of you sense God taking your things and revolving it around Him? Taking your life, revolving around Him. you sense that today? I feel like the S-O-N sun is the center of my universe today. Like the S-U-N sun. I literally feel like I'm just going in orbit right now. I've preached this message twice. I'm so serious, man. I'm like, Lord, your gravitational pull of love has me in a rotation of glory. Oh, and I'm not getting out of this, God. Do you feel that? I mean, I just want to surrender and live it. As we walk out these doors and you celebrate your holidays, I pray that you remind everybody, talk about Christ and Christmas, amen, and let them know Jesus came to come to earth so that we could abide in Him, that we could live for Him, that our life could revolve around Him and bear much fruit. Will we have trouble? Sure. It wasn't a car accident. My wife, ankle, broken three places. She's had two surgery, has 20-some screws in there right now, 40-some stitches, can't even come to church today, wanted to be here. She was watching online, enjoying it, though. But, I mean, I'm crying in the back as, as I'm hearing the worship. Why? Because God has reminded me, I'm in control of this, Joe. I'm in control. My father is the gardener. You're going to bear much fruit. Don't get out of me because you'll do nothing without me. You think it's hard now. You, you haven't seen it yet. Come on. I would rather go through my problems with Jesus and see the good, the good ending than to pull out now and see nothing in the end. How many are with me? Can you hold somebody's hand like you care about them today? Amen. Let's close out in prayer. Let's close out in prayer with this awesome woman of God. Stephanie, would you bless the Lord today for all that he did? And then pray that we'll all uh, keep Christ in Christmas this season. Hallelujah, Jesus, we love you, God, and we say that from the bottom of our hearts, Lord God. We make time for you, Lord God, and we put you first, God. We put you in the center of our lives, God. We ask that everything that does not belong in our hearts, Lord, that you would take it out, Lord, that you would realign our hearts, God, with your will and what you desire to do in this season, God. I pray that you would save the lost, God, that you would save lost family members, Lord God, that you would draw them back, God, to repentance through your kindness, 
We ask that this season would be a great season of remembering what you did for us, God. Remind us to abide by the power of your Holy Spirit and to love you more and more, God, with all that we are. Lord, we love you and we bless your holy name, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Just one more time. Would you slap your neighbor high five and say, get something rather than nothing. Amen. If you need prayer, come on up as we close out in singing. Thank you again for joining us today. Come on up if you need prayer. We love you.